Here comes the judge, Judge Dawson, your yogi judge, and this is another cycle breaker session where I'm trying to empower you and give you some tools that you can use to just better your life. Look, no one wants to be stuck in a rut, and oftentimes we'll find ourselves in ruts, but what we need to do is then look in our tool bag and determine what is it in there that I could use that can get me out of this situation and that can take me to the next level. So it's the next level to having good energy and using your energy to get you where you want to go and be the best you can be is knowing when and how to use the power of calm. See, good energy doesn't mean that you're always rah, 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 ready to fight or ready to jump out your seat. That's just a form of good energy. Good energy could also be that quiet positivity that just oozes from your body when you're in the presence of someone else. Good energy could be the fact that instead of frowning at somebody, you just smile at them. Good energy could be that head nod when you're walking down the hall instead of frowning or looking the other way. So keep in mind, good energy doesn't always have to be excited energy, but good energy could also be calm positivity. So let me give you an example of how calm positivity changed the world. If you are aware of Nelson Mandela, you know that he's a historical figure, um, South African leader who changed the world a couple of times. See, a lot of people who study Mandela are not aware of the beginning of his life. Not only did he grow up in a privileged scenario, I mean privileged for South Africa at that time, but he also went to school and became a lawyer. So when he was in the midst of the revolution and trying to change the laws, he really had the knowledge of a lawyer behind him. He wasn't just a rebel rouser. He wasn't just a person out trying to fight necessarily that he would not dissuade his followers from using. That's a good way to put it, right? But mostly he would use his mind. But the early Mandela, not only did he use his mind, but he used some action. So a lot of people don't realize because we caught up with Mandela, most of us, at least me, when he became older, after he spent a lot of time in jail and he got out. But early on, he was very feisty. In fact, he was the leader of a group that was really considered at that time a terrorist organization because they were against the government and they would use any means necessary to fight the government and to achieve their means. So he was not the peaceful Mandela in the beginning that we all grew to love. He was a man of vigor. He was a man that would fight and he argued and he, and he made sure that you realize his energy was going to be aggressive energy. Now, fast forward to the Mandela that we saw once he got out of prison. There's one story about Mandela receiving a letter from someone who heard one of his speeches when he got out. And the young lady said, you know, your, your speech was great. It was eloquent. I understood everything you were saying, but your speech was boring. And Mandela would often tell that story and laugh because he couldn't believe that after all that he'd been through, after all the fighting, all the destruction and everything that he had participated in, in his later years, he was called boring in the way that he addressed the government. But he was fine with that because it wasn't by mistake that he became, quote unquote, boring or calm. It was by design. See, all the years that he spent in isolation, all the years that he spent in prison, 
all the years where he suffered. And believe me, when he was in prison, he suffered. And I'm not sure if you've heard the stories, but his cell, his jail cell was very small. He was only allowed, I think, of one visitor a year or something crazy like that. He didn't have a real bed. He had a cot and a table and a flower and some books to read. So when we talk about poor conditions, he had some of the worst conditions known to man. And not only was he living in this very small confined area, he was a taller gentleman. So he was cramped into these quarters. But the legend has it that every time he had a chance to get out of his quarters, he would go for a long walk or maybe even a jog. And oftentimes you would look into his quarters and you would find him working out and exercising because he was dead set on maximizing his time and controlling his mind through calmness and controlling his energy. In fact, they would say the only time that they really ever saw him get upset was when one of the guards was disrespecting his wife. And then he raised his voice and got really upset. But over the years, he developed a calmness about himself that lasted through his jail term and when he got out. So when he was out, some of the people in South Africa didn't like his calmness. They thought that maybe he was too calm to you know, take over the government and lead the African people where they wanted to be. So they chose a different leader. And in fact, there were two leaders at the same time. And there was this one situation where Mandela would get up every morning and go for a long walk. And he was with his bodyguards as normal. And he was with an, a reporter who was following him during this particular time of his life. And as they were walking, it was about a two hour walk. And they finally made it back home. And Mandela was called into the house. And as soon as he sat down for breakfast, his assistant and his team said, hey, remember, there's a there's a soccer team outside. They wanted to see you. They wanted to meet you. And you promised them you would give them a few moments of your time. So he got up, went outside and met with them. Now, here's the story. While in the meeting with these soccer players, he received a phone call. He came in, took the phone call. And as he was listening, the people around him could tell something had happened. They were told that the other leader, the one that was more aggressive, the one that was more stern, was murdered, assassinated. And Mandela was very mad about it because though he was a leader too, he didn't want the other guy to die. I mean, they're African brothers, right? They're all fighting for the same cause. They just have different approaches to it. But what's interesting about it is they said that Mandela then got himself together, went back outside, continued to meet with these men from the soccer team, smiling, shaking hands, and you couldn't even tell anything went on because he was able to control his emotions. And again, that's something that he developed while he was in prison because keep it real, when you're in prison, you don't have a lot of control, so you have to control yourself, right? You can't control what the guards do, so you better control how you react to them. So here's another instance where he tried and was successful with controlling his emotions. Later on that evening, he went on to address the country on television. And again, he was very calm, very direct, very succinct about what the Africans needed to do to unify the country. So that goes back to my point. When you are trying to be successful, oftentimes it's not that, that aggressive energy that's gonna do it for you. Not only do you have to have energy, but you have to learn how to calm it down, mold it, and use it in a way where it will be to your advantage and not to your detriment. When you lose control, you lose 
Yeah, that's it. When you lose control, you lose. Because no matter how far down the line you think you've won, you won the situation, you won the argument, you know, you got your point across. What type of damage did you do while you were trying to achieve that goal? Did you actually win? Did you actually achieve your goal through your active lack of self-control? So again, keep in mind that being calm is the way to control the situation. And if we go all the way back to that court situation that I had the other day, the young man didn't want his vehicle taken. And I can understand that. But if he had approached it with a sense of calmness and positive energy, his outcome would have been totally different. And you know what else they say about being calm? Calm is attractive. And I don't mean that in a way that, you know, you're going to get the guy, you're going to get the girl because you're being calm. I'm not even thinking about that. That stuff will come, right? I'm talking about the fact that when you are calm, you will attract opportunities to you. See, everybody looks for the calm person or the leader, right? Or the leader to be calm. So when things are going crazy around you and, and everyone's insane, guess what? You standing there with a sense of calm and a sense of confidence in your ability, or at least playing it off until you, till you get there, that's going to bring opportunities your way. They're going to say, you know what, it's something about that guy. It's something about that young lady. They are exuding leadership because they are calm in the midst of all this chaos. So when I say that calm is attractive, what I mean is that you will bring opportunities to you that you don't even realize. You know, when I was running for judge, there were many people who were attacking me on the left, attacking me on the right. Nobody thought I should run. And then the few people that thought I should run really didn't think I could win. Let's keep it real. There were very few uh, people who thought I could actually win as judge. But in the midst of all that, in the midst of all those attacks, all those days that I felt depleted and everything was going to hell around me, I stayed calm. And I believe it was in those moments where people looked at me and said, you know what, maybe this guy, maybe Dawson can be a judge. Maybe we should vote for him because look how he's handling all of this negative energy coming at him. Look how he's handling all this chaos, all the things they claim and they say on the Internet and they write all these crazy allegations and just just ways of just trying to hate. Right. But I stayed calm through it all. I stayed prayed up. I stayed tooled up, meaning I knew what I needed to do. I had the tools to make it happen. Or if I didn't know how to do it and if I didn't have the tools, I knew who I would go to. And best believe it would have been somebody who's calm and confident in their abilities. So I stayed calm through all of that stuff. And luckily, by the grace of God, I was elected to be the judge. But the same thing applies to you right now in your situation. Not only will your calmness attract good people to you, your calmness will get rid of the bad people. It really will. Your calmness will make people say, you know what? I can't be around that person because the fact that they're not losing their mind, I don't even like being around them. I mean, I'm telling you, believe it or not, imagine this scenario. Someone's arguing with you. They want to get their point across and you keep saying, okay, I understand. I understand your point of view. That's going to get them mad, right? And eventually it's going to calm them down, shut them up or make them leave. So your being calm 
will win all the time. Now, there's times, of course, when you need to be excited. Your energy needs to be excited. You need to run. You need to go. But that doesn't mean you, you don't, you're not calm about it. And being calm doesn't mean you're not going to be nervous. All the great people, when they do what they do, they're nervous. LeBron James, he gets butterflies before the games. Kobe Bryant, he was getting nervous before some of his big games and before some of the shots. But he had the sense of calm running through his veins, that Mamba mentality, right? That calmness, that, that ready to strike because he knew he was prepared. So I suggest to you, as we conclude and we end this session, not only do you monitor your energy to make sure that your energy is on such a level that it will work for you and not against you. Remember, positive energy will do nothing but bring great things to you. And when I say positive energy, again, I'm not talking about aggressive red in the fight. I'm talking about upbeat, happy, enjoyable, engaging. That's positive energy versus negative energy where you're always talking about what's bad, what you don't like, what you hate, being mean, scowl on your face. That will bring you nothing but negativity. So again, monitor your energy. The second one is try to determine the energy that's around you because some things you need to get rid of. If it's right in your house, get rid of that waste, get rid of that litter. Don't let people dump on you. And then on the other hand, find out if there's energy that you need to be attracted to or energy that you need to be drawn to because that energy can help you achieve your goals. If you're dealing with a great judge, give that judge good energy. It will work out to your benefit. And then after we deal with our energy, you identify your energy, you change your energy state, you gain calmness. That is the key that will take you to your next level of success. When everything is going bad around you, when things aren't going the way you want them to go, remain calm, collected, and you will win. Thanks for joining me. Go out there and be cycle breakers. Let's go.